This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey there. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Louis Vuitton's new creative director is Pharrell Williams. Kanye has Yeezy, and you can see the biggest stars like Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B sitting front row at the hottest fashion shows. These days, fashion and hip-hop have become inseparable. But it wasn't always that way. So today, I'd like to introduce you to one of the pathfinders who helped establish the connection between hip-hop and high fashion. And you probably already know this style muse because she's the mother of the rap game and the original Queen Bee, Lil' Kim. I mean, she really set the stage for self-presentation and female rap. Scarlett Newman is a fashion and culture writer and someone I'm happy to call a friend. She's also a big fan of Lil' Kim. How would you characterize Kim's long-lasting fashion legacy? Artistic, unapologetic, wrote the playbook. I mean, she influenced a generation of young girls to high fashion brands. Mm. You know, that is a fashion icon. Mm. If you think about the biggest women rappers of our time, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, their style, that mix of attitude and high fashion... The multicolored wigs, skyscraping heels, the logos everywhere. That all started with Lil' Kim. Could you tell me about like your earliest memory of Lil' Kim? It's got to be that asymmetric VMA lavender bodysuit with <laughs> the pasty. I mean, it was 1999, I believe. So that would I would be about nine years old. I remember watching her going on stage. I've always wanted to give props to some of the amazing, the most amazing female artists who have paved the way for us. And then Diana Ross reaches out and like (laughs) bounces her breast, which has the matching pasty. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. I I loved everything about it. And that secured my love for Kim as a fashion (laughs) person. For me, my earliest memory of Lil' Kim is the um, Get Money video with a junior mafia and Biggie. Okay, yeah. She looked incredible in the video. She's got this really cute bob-length wig with, like, some blondish highlights. Yeah. She's got this, like, sexy red dress on and this really big, plump fur coat on. She looks incredible. And I was just like, okay, how do I get a lifestyle like this? (laughs) I know. It's so aspirational. That's one of the biggest things is aspiration. Stick around because we've got the legendary fits and friends that set the scene for hip hop and high fashion's decades long collaboration. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. 
Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, We are also reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, There is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Fashion has always been a part of hip-hop, but the high fashion world hasn't always wanted to be associated with hip-hop. Right. Talk to me about that. Well, yeah. Designers weren't really embracing rappers. You know, it probably had a lot little and a lot to do with racism and then the image that rap stars were projecting wasn't necessarily aligning with the image that these luxury houses were interested in selling. So Kim was kind of the first one where these, you know, big, big upper echelon luxury houses were embracing her. What was it about her that made these designers want to work with her? I think because her established image was so high glam I mean, it was high fashion without actually having the high fashions. Mm. So it's like, if this young artist is already attaining an aesthetic that is so coveted by everyone, she looks fantastic, Mm -hmm. her star is on the rise, you know, what's not to like? It's interesting for suddenly these huge brands to be, you know, looking to her as this like high glam tastemaker Mm -hmm. when she originally kind of started out as somebody coming from the hip-hop world, as an outsider. That's right. I mean, she was able to, at one point, establish very close and intimate relationships with these designers based on, you know, an aesthetic she had already created with her stylist, Misa Hilton, that sometimes did include designer, sometimes didn't include designer. A lot of the Mm -hmm. things in the beginning were actually Misa creations and, and not designer. And Misa, I mean is like obviously a legend in her own right. She didn't just Mm -hmm. work with Lil' Kim. She also worked with Mary J. Blige and kind of creating that um, first lady of bad boy type of look that Mary J. and Kim had back in the 90s. Yeah, for sure. She was working with Jodeci. She was even working with uh, Puff for a little bit. So that era, that real golden age of hip hop, R&B, a lot of the look of that time can be attributed to Misa. So, you know, turning back to Kim, I want to um, I want to play a little game with you that we like to call tired, wired, or inspired, and we're gonna rate some of Lil Kim's fashion moments. Okay, so tired is like done. I'm over it. I'm not into it anymore. Ready to forget it. Mm-hmm. Wired is like okay. I'm on board. I can get with this. Mm-hmm. And inspired is like god tier. Okay, got it. I got it. Okay, so. First look, we're going to be chatting about the 1999 Vogue Fashion Awards. Avant-garde is French for, girl, what the hell are you wearing? Lil' Kim is wearing um, some beautiful see-through tulle pants and a bejeweled mask. 
Oh my gosh. So I just have to speak about this look because I remember Little Kim is on stage and Alexander McQueen is on stage. Yes. She's wearing like a kilt and he's bowing down to her. Oh, Kim. At that time, McQueen was like at the top of his game and he's sitting there on his knees bowing to the Queen Bee. She's my idol. Like he he was he's a huge Kim fan, huge. This is this is inspired. I mean, she looks <laughs> like the queen of the world in this photo. I mean, she's got the headpiece. She just looks like she's floating. She's got the mink, the stole. I mean, she looks like a fairy princess. This is very inspired. This is God tier for Kim, for sure. 100% agree. It's so funny. I'm like, I feel like I took these looks for granted. <laughs> I was growing up. Oh, totally. I totally. look at this now and I'm like, I yeah. wish. I mean, she looks perfect. She looks like a showgirl. She looks like Barbarella. It is all happening at once. Yes. Head to toe sparkle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay. Now we are going to look at another look of Kim's. From the 2002 Grammy Awards, Look Kim is wearing a Chanel red and white biker look complete with a Chanel biker helmet. She's got the red and white outfit. She's also got the red hair. Tell us a little bit about your outfit here. Uh, yeah, what inspired this? Do you ride? You know, yeah, well, I ride on the back. Listen, this is wired, honey. She was giving Motomami before Rosalia <laughs> could say her first words. I mean, who's carrying a motorcycle helmet? On the Grammy Award carpet. I've never seen anything like that before. The Chanel. Kim loves Chanel. I think Chanel is probably her top brand. So it just makes mm. too much sense. Karl Lagerfeld loved Kim, embraced Kim. He was one of the ones that told her, hey, I'm designing collections around you. Mm. So Kim and, any Kim and Chanel is wired. Ten, 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> Wait, would you say wired or would you say inspired? 10 out of 10, I feel like it's inspired. You can choose inspired again. Yeah, it's inspired, but also wired because it's like, I'm wired. This is relevant. Like, this was iconic in the mm. past. It's just, it's mm. everything. It's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so now looking at one more look. Lil' Kim monogrammed her hair with Versace, this beautiful Versace logo. It is on a gorgeous blonde wig. I mean, hair, it's not like paper. <laughs> no. It's not the most stable material to be working on if you want to preserve an image. And yet, this is absolutely perfect. What do you think, Scarlett? Yes. So this platinum wig with the Versace Greek mm -hmm. keys going down the bang and the sides, this is inspired. Like, who is doing this? Who is thinking about this? I mean, this wig was uh, designed by Dion Alexander, who um, designed a similar mm -hmm. one for her that had a Chanel logo on it. And it was with a stencil cutout and magic marker. What? I mean, it looks... No yeah, way. This looks like it's thousands and thousands of dollars. No, she cut out on tracing paper. And you can imagine how thin tracing paper is. Cut out these Versace Greek keys. And that's an intricate yeah. pattern. Set it on top of the wig, took magic marker, did her thing, and history was made. This is inspired. Like, 
come on. Oh my gosh. I can't I'm I'm never gonna get over the fact this is done with magic marker. This is perfect. Oh yeah. Literally everything about this is perfect. I know. <sighs> you know, it, it's funny how you can see all these looks being remade and recycled by the leading ladies of today. That's right. And you know, like you mentioned, like you can't help but see someone like Rosalia on the cover of Motomami. Where else do you see Kim's fashion legacy shining through today? For sure, the strongest is among this burgeoning class of rap girls. I mean, we have Carisha and JT of City Girls, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Cardi B, who, you know, paid direct homage in a Louis Vuitton sprayed logo hairpiece, Lotto, and honestly, even a veteran like Nicki Minaj. I mean, Fendi prints on. I can't, Nicki is heavily associated with Fendi. A lot of these girls are very logo forward in the same Mm -hmm. way that Kim was. It's so aspirational. It's like, you see these logos on me, you see me, I'm spending money on this, or the designer is sending to me directly. I mean, Kim is mother at this point, (laughs) for sure. I can't help but think about um, little Kim and her relationship to fashion without thinking about her relationship with the designer, Mark Jacobs. Yes. They were extremely close. Um, I remember when Kim was on trial for perjury in 2005, and she was accused of lying to a grand jury to protect friends who were involved in a shooting. And Mark Jacobs dressed her for court. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to their relationship. Talk, talk to me about them together. Like, how did the two of them become so close? Well, Mark was certainly one of the first designers to really embrace Kim. And they established this really strong rapport off the bat. And it, you know, it wasn't just benefit by association. Like, these two were very... They were good friends. Like she, she's told stories about how she would go to the atelier and and bring Mark lunch for the day, and Mark would take her to the warehouses and show her about garment construction and teach her about like how the industry works and how collections come together. Um, so I believe it was just a mutual res- between the two. Like you said, mm. he's they're still very close. If you ever look on either of their Instagrams, like they're always commenting like hearts and kisses to each other. I mean, even like it wasn't even just that he kept in touch with her when she was in prison. Like he would send her pictures that he had drawn. He really found creative ways to stay in contact with her even through what was probably a challenging time. Yeah. And um, during that same time, Mark Jacobs became the creative director slash designer for Louis Vuitton. And you know, Kim loves the labels, so she was always getting uh, LV gifts from him Mm -hmm. in addition to Marc Jacobs. So I love their relationship. Mm. You know, something I keep thinking about as we're discussing like some of Kim's greatest hits in the fashion department Mm -hmm. is how many of these photos of little Kim's outfits would end up on those worst dress lists? Oh my gosh. Remember? Whether it was E! Fashion or People Magazine or whoever. Totally. Kim was always on those, or at least very, very, very frequently. Um, it, it it was rare to find her on a best dress list, but it was not an unusual occasion to see her on a worst dress list. Right. So I think it obviously says that she was eons ahead of what anybody could even imagine. I mean... That always happens in pop culture. Like, if we don't understand it right then and there, it's just deemed as bad or ugly. 
But now cameras on everybody's mood boards and, Mm. you know, things that maybe we couldn't understand back then have a certain timelessness that applies to now and the way that people want to dress. I just hope that one day that she will receive that CFDA icon award because she certainly deserves it. I mean, it's... Hold on, wait. (laughs) You mean like the industry stamp of influence from the Council of Fashion Designers of America? She hasn't won one. No. Rihanna has one. Right. Kim Kardashian has one. Beyonce has one, which is a little strange. Love her down, but she doesn't have that type of influence on fashion, in my opinion, in the way that Kim does. And I also feel like Beyonce is an acolyte of Kim's fashion-wise. She's paid homage to some of Kim's iconic looks through through her Halloween costume tributes that she likes to do from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that that's out of line to say. And yet. And yet. No CFDA icon award. No, and it's like everything lines up for Kim on paper. I mean, just objectively speaking, this person should have been a recipient for this award. I mean, you have Karl Lagerfeld, again, McQueen, Marc Jacobs, Giorgio Armani speaking it out that this person has influenced my collections. And I hate that it has to be in the hands of the CFDA, but it she deserves that. Like who, who deserves it more? Yeah, those are my thoughts exactly. And it's so funny because anytime the CFD awards and the nominations roll around, there's always a campaign for Kim, which is great. I'm glad that the fans take to Twitter and Instagram and, and rally for her every single year and give the receipts and give the quotes from the designers. But is it overdue? A hundred percent. You and I are a hundred percent in alignment on that. And I'm like, we, we need to get Kim this award, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> we do. We do. I mean, come on. What's it, what's it going to take? Well, Scarlett, thank you so much for joining us today on It's Been a Minute. It was so great to have you. And look, anytime I get to talk about Lil' Kim and fashion, it's a good day for me. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great, great pleasure. That was culture and fashion writer Scarlett Newman. I've been reflecting in the days since our conversation, and the fact that Lil' Kim has never been properly recognized by the CFDA has become a point of irritation for me. But when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. It's rare for a groundbreaking Black woman to be rewarded by an institution in her time. Even Beyonce has never won a Grammy for Album of the Year. But still, it'd be nice to see Lil' Kim finally get her due from an industry over which she's had so much influence. So consider this my vote. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Barton Girdwood and Jessica Mendoza. It was edited by Jessica Plachek. Our fact checkers were Cecile Davis-Vasquez and Barkley Walsh. Engineering support came from Carly Strange. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Brittany Luce. Talk soon. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands. But because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com NPR. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.